Well, ignore the council roundup music. We're going to go a little bit out of order. Like I said, we'll come back and uh, cover another issue that the city council uh, was dealing with last night after 8 o'clock this morning. We wanted to take time right now to uh, welcome Sangamon County Sheriff Jack Campbell into the studio. And, Sheriff, it's always great to have you. Good Thanks morning. for taking the time. Glad to be here. Uh, an important issue because you put out a, a press release yesterday uh, discussing the fact that you are now looking into uh, equipping your correctional officers in the Sangamon County Jail with body-worn cameras. Uh, this obviously comes in the aftermath of uh, a recent fatality in the jail, but you indicate that this was a process you started before that incident happened. Correct. Um, Back on March 18th, actually, I reached out through the Illinois Sheriff's Association to all the sheriffs in Illinois, which is 102, to see how many were utilizing body cameras in their jails, uh, look for their policies, that type of thing. So we did identify this issue a while back. Uh, We certainly had a tragic incident in the jail, uh, but as you said, I actually began looking at this prior to that incident. You know, we're looking for uh, the truth. We're looking for facts, um, all the information we can gather. You know, I'm, I have 350 inmates in there every day that don't want to be there, and on occasion they cause us problems, they file complaints, and we just want to be able to identify exactly what happened in the jail. Was there a specific incident that, that prompted this inquiry and, and looking around to other sheriffs? Not an incident, but, you know, with the, the new bill that passed, it required street deputies to have the uh, body-worn cameras. I actually anticipated this will become a mandate one day anyway, and and quite frankly, a lot of our, our complaints and lawsuits are generated out of the jail, and I thought this is just a good way to identify um, more of what happened, and we can be better able to uh, uh, defend ourselves. You mentioned this isn't something that's all that common in county jails around Illinois. Uh, what were other sheriffs telling you? Is there a particular reason why they haven't gone this route yet? I did not ask that question whenever we put out the inquiry. We basically just asked who was using them and what their policies were, but we didn't get a lot of responses. Typically, if you send out 102, you maybe get back 30 or 40 responses. Um, in this case, we got, I think it was less than 20, but only about four were actually using uh, body-worn cameras. So you have you have a lot of privacy issues, as you can imagine, in a jail that you have to be concerned about with a policy like that. Uh, but again, I really anticipate this being a mandate one day, and I thought this is a way to get ahead of that curve. Uh, a lot was made of the fact that in the uh, the recent death, Jameson Cody, uh, there was a key moment where the, uh, the current system, which is wall-mounted, Mm -hmm. surveillance cameras didn't capture what happened. They just didn't record Mm -hmm. uh, at at that point. Do we know yet what happened there? And and do you feel like this technology will be more reliable than the current system? So we do know what happened. Uh, The the cameras are motion-activated cameras. And I talked to the camera vendor personally, and he said you simply did not have enough pixel movement in that the view of the camera to to engage uh, the recording system. So they, they said, look, we've looked at it. Nobody altered anything. Thing. Nobody stopped anything. It simply did not record because there wasn't enough movement. But, but if I could ask yeah. that, because that was a, a, at a point when uh, the officers are, are, are tasering someone, that you don't you don't see that on the camera. How could there not have been enough movement to to trigger that in, in a situation like that? Is it just poor placement of the cameras, or the the vendor told us you had like a worst case scenario with this camera? It was an analog camera, which we since have replaced with an HD camera, and and he said that you had like the farthest uh, length down a hallway uh, to to where the incident occurred, and and they were laying on the ground, and just as they were struggling to try to get uh, his hand to get him handcuffed, there just wasn't enough movement in the total frame of the camera to act. Activate the recording system. So it it look. It, they said we can tell nobody altered anything, nobody stopped anything. But as you said, Jim, uh, I think the body worn cameras will give us these angles that we miss. It also has audio, which the the fixed system does not have audio. So I think this is going to be good for everybody involved. Uh, it gives a, a level of transparency.
transparency that the public, I think, would appreciate. Uh, it helps us to defend ourselves and ensures that our uh, correctional officers are also abiding by the policies. Sangamon County Sheriff Jack Campbell is here with us this morning. Uh, the cameras obviously are, are only as good as the, the extent to which they're actually on and functioning and used. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know yet what the policy will be? Will these cameras have to be on every minute a correctional officer is on duty or only when they are uh, actually approaching a cell block? How, how do you actually uh, put put this into practice? Well, as we review the other policies from around the state and, and talk to our attorneys, we will finalize many of the details. But uh, as you said, we don't anticipate them being on all the time. There, there, are, there are private areas in the jail that they just can't be. Uh, but what, what I've seen, uh, the policies I'm looking at, is that you, if you go into a common area, into the cell blocks, um, certainly if there's an incident going on in a hallway, uh, we want to make sure they're activated. So, again, this is not a mandate. There's nothing in the law that requires us to do this. So anything we do will be over and above about what the, the common jail does. So we're, we're happy to to review these policies and ensure we, we can capture all the information, all the, the incidents that we can, uh, again, to provide that transparency. But this would have to be something that would be physically activated by the correctional officer. That is would correct. Have to make the most to turn it on. That is correct. Unlike the, the street deputies where we're looking for technology where it automatically comes on, whether uh, sometimes it's taser activated or holster activated with their weapon, or we're looking at technology now where if they exit their squad car, it will come on. So there's that's a fail-safe mechanism that the jail uh, can't have and won't have because of the privacy concerns. Do you have an idea as to how much it will cost to outfit the correctional officers with these body-worn cameras? We do not. We, we're we're going to send out an RFP probably in the next two weeks. Now, this would include the street deputies as well as correctional officers. So we're trying to, to roll this all into one purchase. So we're looking for one company, one vendor uh, that can do everything that we need it to do. So we, we're going to send the RFP out, um, which has some specifics about what we want at Simon County and, and ensure that we can find a, a vendor that can meet those. But uh, right now, the cost is unknown to us. Uh, yeah, and so I was going to ask, about that uh, with getting the uh, all deputies outfitted for this as well. Uh, What's your best sense of a timeline for accomplishing all of that, both deputies on the street and your correctional officers in the jail? So it looks like we put out the RFP, you know, you probably wait 30 days to get your responses back, uh, and then we'll have to choose some vendors, uh, acquire some equipment for testing. We'll probably choose at least three vendors uh, to provide uh, that type of of, uh, T&E. And and then probably we're looking at, you know, making that selection late in this year, and then probably implementing this early in 22. Um, the, the mandate for the street deputies is 2023 for our size of, of uh, agency. So we're going to be ahead of that curve. Uh, the jail will be ahead of almost the entire state of, as far as having those. So we're, we're anticipating this early 22 of actually implementing this. What are you hearing from your deputies and from your jail guards about this big change that's on the way. Well, there's two things that cops don't like. They don't like change. They don't like it if nothing ever changes. So it's <laughs> it's it's a difficult process for them. They're not used to it. I, when I was on the road, I would have been uh, kind of apprehensive about it. But I think in the end, they're going to find out that this will exonerate us, just as the dash cams did when we first started using those, and as, as some of us can recall that, that it, it exonerates us. But it is different. It is concerning. Uh, you're always afraid it can be used against you um, when you're simply just trying to do your job. So uh, I know it's going to be a difficult process for all of our employees. But, you know, a few years down the road, we're going to look back and say this was a good thing that we did this. I'm, I'm sure your deputies, uh, a lot of them are friends with a lot of different city cops and they mm-hmm. uh, use body cams, obviously. Mm-hmm. So they've, they've probably heard, you know, the, the stories on this. It, does that reassure them in any way? I know you you talk to a lot of different police uh, mm-hmm. around the state. I mean, is this something to uh, to, to be apprehensive about or, do, you know, like you said, it just it wants to be in a net positive. It, it's the apprehension is the anticipation of it. Uh, it. 
and, and again, if you talk to the city and 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 we haven't really delved deep with uh, Chief Winslow and his staff. We've 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 talked about meeting with them to find out what went right, what went wrong. Uh, but I, you know, talking to some of the officers that I know, uh, it was a strange situation. But in the end, I, I know their their complaints, uh, their citizen complaints went down like seventy percent once they started using them, and that that should be information enough to make you to make them realize that these are going to exonerate you. And 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 a lot of times they simply won't file the complaint because they know what they did was on tapes. So they're not going to push any further. Uh, we know uh, that there are set policies as far as the release of video from the uh, the body cams that uh, Springfield City cops wear, mm-hmm. for example. Uh, because the jail setting is a somewhat different setting, do you know yet what policies will govern you know uh, public access or public ability to to see whatever video gets recorded and to review that? I don't. It's not something again we've ever dealt with in any any way, shape, or form with video. So we're, this will be new to us. But we'll work with our attorneys and and. Uh, Ensure that that you know if we have it and it's foyable or it's discoverable that that you know we provide it. You know, we're not trying to hide anything. It's just the opposite. We are a little bit concerned about you know just with FOIA. We have inmates that that used to just just um, fill us up with FOIA requests for mug shots and uh, of other inmates, and and actually it was changes to the law made that restricts some of that that those FOIA requests. So we're a little bit worried that people just are just looking for something to you know to entertain themselves by FOIAing our video. Um, so we're gonna be concerned about that. We'll work with the attorneys and and uh, try to protect the uh, the deputies, the correctional officers, as well as our inmates. Um, on the related issue of the recent death in the jail, any update on the investigation into that incident and uh, as far as the conduct of, of jail guards in that situation, where does that all stand? No new information at all. We're still waiting for the state police uh, okay. investigation on it. Uh, Sheriff, before I let you go, uh, another issue that uh, I know you hear a lot about, and that's uh, the uh, interest you've had in acquiring a military-style vehicle for mm-hmm. the department. Any mm-hmm. updates on, on that process? No, no. No other information through the through the military. We're still waiting to hear back from them. But uh, as you and I have spoken in the past, you know, I'm very uh, passionate about this that we provide this this uh, rolling suit of armor to protect us and to rescue citizens if they need it. So we're we've never uh, altered in our um, intent to acquire one. And uh, but no new information yet. We're still waiting to hear back. Uh, in the city, they have been dealing for months now with street parties and the violence that breaks out there. Mm-hmm. Tons of gun seizures and, and firearms arrests and things. Are, are you seeing similar situations out in the county? Uh, is it spilling over into your jurisdiction as well? Yes. Um, in fact, the DIRT team has been very active um, doing some search warrants and we're, we're finding weapons. You know, weapons, you know, you may find one uh, weapons at one out of three search warrants you did. Now we're finding probably two out of three we're getting weapons back. So uh, it is prevalent and, and it's the unincorporated parts of, parts of Springfield. We don't see so much out in the rural parts of the county, uh, but in unincorporated Springfield we're seeing that and, um, and they're we work with it very well with the city. We're aware of what they're doing, and, and uh, our investigations teams uh, work together. They identify the players uh, uh, that were worried about violent acts and, and uh, drug dealers, and uh, we're going to continue to work with them and all of our partners. And what's your sense as to where these guns are coming from? Are they stolen firearms? Are they black market? Mm-hmm. What, what's the source? Because it just seems no matter how many guns you get off the street, mm-hmm. there's always another one there to take its place. It, it seems like ours are stolen.
stolen. Um, I know the recent raid we did, one was stolen out of Jacksonville. We got two guns back, and one was out of Jacksonville. The other one, I don't know, don't know if we identified it yet. Uh, but it, they're they, mostly like still residential just, burglaries. They're, they're getting guns yes, in that way. Yes, okay. yes, yeah, and, and actually car burglaries. Uh, people, people have you know we have more concealed carry uh, now permits, and, and people have a tendency to, to leave those guns in their cars. And we're we we try to work with the public and remind them that you know you have this obligation. We I like uh, good guys to have guns uh, personally, but you have to be responsible and you have to remove it from your car um, at the very least lock your car also on top of that so it's so a little bit frustrating a gun sitting end. in an unlocked car it, it, exactly exactly so Sangamon County Sheriff Jack Campbell we always appreciate your time thanks for hey, stopping Jim, in I congratulate you Jim the last time I was here you were a bachelor congratulations on your wedding and uh, and wish you the best I appreciate it very much Sheriff thank right. you